Hello, this is uh, Bishop Christopher Mukwavi, Senior Pastor at Living Hope Church, Pentecost Assemblies of God, Zambia. I want to welcome you to this uh, podcast as uh, you listen to this message. Our goal here is to preach a holistic message that will bring total transformation to our lives. God bless you as you listen to the message. John chapter 15, verse 12 to 17, and 1 John chapter 3, verse 16 to 24. And I want to read from the uh, New King James Version. Okay. John chapter 15, verse 12 uh, reads, This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I've called you friends, for all things that I heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you, that you love one another. Amen. Praise God. 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3 from verse 16. You know, the author of these letters, also the author of the gospel according to St. John, how he, he rhymes uh, these passages of scripture and puts them parallel. Like when you read 1 John chapter 3, verse 16, it is parallel to John chapter 3, verse 16. By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. Now he who keeps his commandments abides in him and he in him and by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. This is the word of the Lord. 
Let's just pray together. Father, indeed, we thank you for the reading of these two passages of Scripture. And we submit ourselves, O oh God, to the authority and power of Scripture that, Lord, you may transform our lives and that you may change us today to another degree of glory. Grant unto me clarity of speech and, O oh God, prophetic utterance to speak your word as I should. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you very much. You may take your seats. Last Sunday, uh, I was preaching. I just want to get there. Last Sunday, what was I preaching about? Okay. So, right. Last Sunday, that was, today is 13th. Just trying to give the benefit of those that could have missed last Sunday. I was preaching on postures of God's love from Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 1 to 15. And I reminded us that we live in the abundance of God's love. Because underneath our lives are the everlasting arms of God. God sustains us. And Brother Mumbuna declared as he came here to lead us in a song that God has saved us, delivered us from this pandemic called COVID. It's still among us, but we can see that we are riding over it. Because God's faithfulness is with us. And we have also this song that we have sung, Jeremiah comes from Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 3, that God has loved us with an everlasting love and has drawn us to him with his loving kindness. He's an awesome God. So we learned that God wanted us to understand love from his disposition. And the postures and depth of God's love can be understood and experienced when we learn from the example of God's relationship with Israel. We did learn that God gave life to Israel that was abandoned as he gives life to us. He has given us life, a people that did not deserve to live, but he gave us life. And then we learned that God loves us while still sinners, abandoned, thrown away. God loved us, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have an everlasting life. Then we also learned that God takes the initiative to wash and adorn us. He comes and he embraces us in our sins and he takes the initiative to wash us so that we can be presented to him as a perfect Right. So God is calling us, you know, to appreciate and respond to this love. Because his love, his banner over our lives is love. He has covered us with a mantle of love. So he's worthy to be praised, he's worthy to be adored, he's worthy to be appreciated. Today, I want to preach on demonstrating true love. Demonstrating true love. How do we demonstrate true love among one, one another and where it is needed? You know, we live in the world governed by self-centeredness. Everyone is seeking out for number one. Everyone wants to be number one. Everyone, everyone wants to be attended to. So you want to take preeminence. You want to, 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 uh, to accumulate things around yourself only and you are oblivious to the fact that there are needs all around us. In James chapter 2 verse 14 to 17 the Bible tells us, are you giving us scriptures there? That 
Um, okay, let me get to it. I was hoping it would come as I breathe. Okay, then scriptures are also just flashing on the screens. John James chapter uh, 2, verse 14 to 17. So here the Bible says, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or a sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body. What good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, it is dead. So we need not close our eyes to the needs around us. We need to demonstrate love. Amen? It is important that we do that. You don't just wink over a need that you see. We need to attend to that. Now, uh, quite interesting. Um, there's, a, there's a gentleman and God sends people here to our church to test our love, okay? There's a gentleman uh, who would uh, come and uh, I think he's here already and he would present himself in the manner that you think this person is very needy, okay? And the clothes they wear, all right, but what my uh, what one of the members decided was to uh, find the clothes for this uh, brother, wash them, bring them to church, so that when this person comes, they come and change at church and look presentable, <laughs> not to look as if uh, they are needy all the time. Sometimes people can manipulate you. But as we shall learn in the scriptures, we are not there to manipulate one another and take advantage of one another and de defraud one another because the scripture says uh, you will not be abandoned in church. No, it's not like that. The apostle Paul warns that let each one work hard and earn their own bread and so that you have the ability to give. So true love we will require embracing selfless values for the sake of the vulnerable. So we need to embrace selfless values in our lives, whereby you sacrifice yourself before God. I want us to reinterpret and relieve love in the context where love has been manipulated, love has been adulterated, so to speak. Love has been misapplied and misunderstood. You watch what happens tomorrow. How? People are going to seemingly, you know, demonstrate this love. I've told you already. You have teenage kids, uh, take them out yourself to dinner or lunch. Are you hearing me? You have got girl children, take them out yourself. Because there's a man somewhere who has planned to take them, out, take them out. Are you listening to me? So these things happen. So as a father, you have daughters, take them out yourself. Are you listening to me? So this world is very cruel. You see teenage children getting drunk. Teenage children tomorrow, their dresses, their skirts will be up to here. Do you know what I'm talking about? So that is, they say that is love. We are celebrating love. 
That is not a celebration of love. You know what? The devil picks that which is so precious in the eyes of God. And then he manipulates it. And he channels evil through it so that he can destroy a community. Love is such a beautiful, beautiful value to be celebrated. It's such a beautiful value. In whichever form and whatever relationship, it's such a beautiful value. If you just, you know, calm your heart, even as it relates to sexuality, just calm your heart. God will give you the ability, time, and opportunity to enjoy it to the maximum. I listen it to me. So God has arranged the order in these things. So you need to follow that order and be able to enjoy good things that God has given you according to his design. Christ has demonstrated to us what true love really is. In verse 13 of John chapter 15, uh, the Bible uh, here tells us, uh, verse, verse 13 of John chapter uh, 15, Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. Love is about laying down your life, laying down your interests, laying down your priorities, lay, laying down, you know, everything that you have ever thought of, laying it down for the sake of the other to lift them up so that together you can enjoy the life and love of God. It's about laying down your life. It's about laying down and sacrificing your time. It's about laying down and sacrificing your talents. It's about giving what is in you. God's command has been simplified. And this simplification is simply into love. John chapter 13 verse 34 John 13 verse 34, the Bible says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you, you also love one another. So this is the new commandment. This overrides the old commandments, the ten commandments. It does not dissolve them, it does not discard them, but they are fulfilled in this new commandment, love one another. And Christ says this too. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. Just love. Love. If we just embrace love, everything will be in order. Love is the character of the true disciples of Christ. As John chapter 13 verse 35 says, but this by this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. How will people know that you are a Christian? How will people know that you are a follower of Christ? By observing how you love one another. And that's why my prayer is that we need to build community in the church. We need to build family in the church. Do not discard or shun away from opportunities we are creating for us to build family. 
When we say we are fellowshipping as a couple's fellowship, do not discard that. Do not run away from that. When we say we are fellowshipping as men, do not shun away from that. When we say we are fellowshipping, yes, as life groups, do not shun away from that. By that, people will know that you are disciples or followers of Christ. When we, we, we gather around the mission, do not shun away from that. By that, people will know that you are followers of Christ when you love one another. Do not, um, you know, do not withdraw and disadvantage another person by not contributing love together. So we need to contribute. Love is a contribution into the community. So we all need to invest into this. You cannot reap where you are not sowing. I listening to me. You can't reap where you're not sowing. You know, there are times when, the, when you have a funeral, some of us, that's when you want to remember that you belong to a church. It shouldn't be like that. When you have a need, that's when now you want everybody to come. What about when you are the birthday party? <laughs> you listen to me. What about when you are the wedding? I'm a leader in Shibamu and Ekutiri Roshan. No matter who went to wedding, I listen to me. So all these things must flow into each other. We must contribute and invest into building family together. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Jesus Christ was practical in demonstrating his love. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 16, whoever abides in him does not sin. Um, whoever sins has neither seen him nor Oh, did you give me a wrong one? Okay. I forgive you. <laughs> By this we know love because he laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. We need to lay down our lives for one another. You hear your brother is in hospital or your sister is in hospital. Go there and visit them. Send them a message if you can go. Call them and pray for them. We need to be proactive. You hear somebody has lost a beloved one, you start sending condolences messages, messages on the platform. They are not even on that platform. Look for the number. Call them yourself. Let them hear your voice. Then they will be encouraged. Fruitfulness is the goal of receiving and demonstrating love. When we receive the love of God, God wants us to be fruitful with it. When we receive the love of God, God wants us to demonstrate it. Let the love of God received in us bring forth the fruit intended which God wants seen in us. And this is the values, godly values, godly character from out of our lives. So what am I saying here? So God wants us to emulate him in demonstrating love. We must follow God's example. We must follow him exactly. And we will build true friendship with God when we learn the art 
of keeping his commandments. Jesus is saying in John chapter 15, and he's saying that, um, you are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I've called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. So we will build through friendship with God when we learn the art of keeping his commands. And what are his commands? Number one, he's saying, believing on the name of Christ. That's one of the commandments. God has commanded us to believe on the name of Christ. It's a command to believe on Christ. Our lives must be based on Christ. Believing should be a continuous application of our lives. We must continuously apply our lives to trusting Christ. Do you trust him in every step that you take? Do you trust him for your need? Do you trust him for all your challenges? Do you trust him for in all your difficulties? Believing on the name of Christ is a day-to-day application of yourself. As in John chapter 14, verse 12, the Bible tells us. John 14, verse 12. Is it coming? John 14, verse 12. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than this, he will do because I go to my father. Now, staying on that passage of scripture, he's saying, he who believes in me, which simply means, he who keeps on believing without stopping. Keeping on believing without stopping. Challenges will come your way, but you've got to believe. With each challenge that comes your way, God renews your faith. You believe. You trust God. You stand on what God has said. You stand on what his word has said. So we must believe on the name of Christ continually. Or is it concurrently? The spirit in us changes us when we believe in Christ. The spirit in us continues to change us when we believe in Christ. 1 John chapter um, chapter chapter 3, I think verse 24, says, Now he who keeps his commandments abides in him and he in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given to us. Believing in Christ is energized by the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We, this we have to keep in twain. They have to be interrelated. Believing in Christ and the Spirit of God living in us. And as the Spirit of God lives in us, he takes the word that is in us, yes, to bear fruit within us and changes us in the inside so that we may continue believing we are not shaken under what circumstances so god's truth in us continuously applied to our hearts build sincerity within our hearts when we continue to believe in christ we become sincere and we become sincere with one another you cannot apply love without sincerity of heart some of the application of love is manipulative. Some people want to love you for what you have. That's not sincere. That's not being sincere. In verse 19 of 1 John chapter 3, it says, And by this we know that we are of the truth 
and shall assure our hearts before him. So we have to nurture truth from within us. And that can only come in our hearts when you are continuously believing in Christ Jesus. And as you are continuously believing in Christ, you are being changed in the inside. Sincerity is cultivated in our relationships. Relationship with God and relationship with one another. Verse 20 to 21 of 1 John chapter 3. For if our heart condemns us, our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Verse 21. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. So this sincerity, uh, as it is built in us by continuously believing, then leads us to a position and place of um, confidence to ask God for anything that we need. You see, when the Bible says, ask anything that you need and God will give you, it is not out of the vacuum. There has to be sincerity in our hearts. We have to be believing God, believing Christ, putting our faith in Christ continuously. So we have to be applying ourselves to this continuous change in our lives. Then there's an assurance that you ask what you need and God will give it to you. Hallelujah. Number two, command, loving one another. We are commanded to love one another, as we read in this passage of scripture. Christ demonstrated true love by letting go of his glory for our sake. The Bible says he did not consider equality with God. And that is in Philippians chapter 2. He didn't consider equality with God something to hold on to. But he let go of that. Came down on the earth. Put upon himself the same flesh like you and me. And he lived our lives. And the Bible says he humbled himself lower than the slave. Because the death that he died, it was even lower than that of a slave. And because of that, God lifted him up and glorified him. True love is about letting go of your pride. Letting go of the position of glory so that you can sink down and lift the glory. In Jesus' name. True love is sacrificial for those you love. It is sacrificial towards those you love. In verse 13 of John chapter, chapter 15, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. There will be moments and occasions when you sacrifice your sleep because there is a call from your brother to go and attend to a certain need. And I've seen that demonstrated here and you do that amongst yourselves and that's what is needed. That's what will cause others to know that you are followers of Christ Jesus. I remember some years past, one, one of the brethren living in the farms, now a built up area, and this person was attacked by bandits in the wee hours of the morning around 1 a.m. Bandits with guns! <laughs> and they called, Pastor, come! <laughs> so, and we had no car or anything, so we had to quickly now borrow a car in the night. 
And my wife and I drove to that place to just be with the family, strengthen them, share love. We found the members of the family bleeding, beaten. The head of the family abducted, squeezed in the boot, dumped somewhere in the dark corners of Kanyama, blindfolded, and then they came back. So there'll be those moments among us. There'll be those moments. I was telling a folk in, in Canada when, when, when we are there. I said, you guys here, when there's an emergency, you pastors, you are like your members call 999. But in Zambia, pastor, come. <laughs> I really received those calls several times. And uh, I, I think there are many other aspects of pressure that individuals go through. When they call upon you, depending on what it is, please respond immediately. You may not go there in gunfire, but call 991. Do something. Is it 991 here? What is it here? 911. 911. Okay. Call some, do something. Call some, and, and God has also blessed this church with people uh, of different skills and all that, security people and this. Call Uyando. <laughs> we have an officer. Call. And he's going to connect you to, to other places. So we need to be ready to be disturbed when your brother or your sister is on it. True love is sacrificial. John chapter 3, verse 16 to 17. 1 John chapter 3, 16 to 17. By this we know love because he laid down his life for us and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Verse 17. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? So we must cultivate this love. At the same time, remember I said that we must not defraud each other and, and also by being independent, you may be helped once, okay? But then utilize that help to stand on your own because there are many others that will be in an emergency. Okay, so we are not saying that you are always just at the receiving end. It is more blessed to give than to receive. True love is entrusting and keeping the trust of another. That is true love. In verse 15 of John chapter 15, the Bible says, No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I've called you friends. For all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. What does Christ do? Christ entrusts all the secrets of the father. He entrusts them with the disciples. Why? Because he loves them. He loves them. Your life is not your own. Your life does not belong to you alone. It also belongs to me. Did you know that? My life also belongs to you. I need to entrust you with my life. You need to entrust me with your life. At the same time, I need to keep the trust myself. And we need to keep the trust of one another. 
And this is what Christ is saying. This is true love. Where else will somebody go and pour their heart? They have an inner problem. They have real issues in their life. Some of them are quite embarrassing issues to bring into the public. But they choose to come and entrust their life in you. Keep their trust. Keep their trust. That is true love. 1 John 3, 19 to 21. Uh, you can only keep the trust when you have sincerity in your heart. And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. 20. For if your heart condemns us, our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Verse 21. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. It is in that position now where you are keeping God's trust and God is keeping your trust. You are keeping the trust of another and, and they are keeping your trust. And the Bible says that you shall ask all things and God will give to you. Because there is nothing blocking your prayer request to God. Are you following God's word this morning? I'm going towards the close now. God promises answered prayer to those that uh, abide in love. In John 15, 16, he's saying that uh, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain or last long. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. So there are conditionalities to this. You don't just say, whatever I ask the Father. No, there are conditionalities attached to that. We need to follow that. Lastly, number three, we are commanded to bear fruit. We are commanded to bear fruit. Bearing fruit is a command. It's not a request. God has commanded us to bear fruit. And when we bear fruit, then we are going to abide in the love of God. Then we are going to demonstrate the love of God. So he's saying the reason why God chose you, in verse uh, 16, is that you should go and bear fruit. It says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. So if your fruit is not abiding and then you ask the Father whatever, is he going to give you? No. Your fruit should abide. You see, it's a privilege to be chosen. Christ has chosen us out of the world by his own will. It's a privilege, dear friends, to be chosen by God. As Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11 to 13 tells us. Ephesians 2, 11 to 13. Therefore, remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uh, uncircumcision, by what is called the uncircumcision, made in the fleshly hands. Verse 12. That at that time, you were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Verse 13, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were fallen <laughs> have been brought near by the blood of Christ. He's saying, Imwe, tapali 
Nabakabova Bachinda Mako. I listen to me. Then God saw you and he called you. It's a privilege. And there's a purpose why he called you. Do you know what it means to be chosen? You know, in when we went to rural schools, very few schools in the villages, and you hear that Udana Abamusala Ukuya form one. Imagine the feeling. I think it's him who was telling me the story. But five villages. It reminds me, um, you know, I quickly dashed to, to the village where you, you didn't know last week for something to go and attend to regarding some specific mission or project. Uh, so I was showing uh, our nephews that you look here, where the grass does not grow. We used to dance here. <laughs> we used to dance here. And uh, a few villages would come together. Then on a cold June night, women would line up there. They are the only ones who were dancing. And then the men would line up there. You are not permitted to dance until one girl comes there dancing and chooses you like this. Then you follow, you start dancing in the middle. Okay? That's how we are dancing. Now, imagine there are some people that never danced the whole night because they are not chosen. Now, imagine if one you perceive to be the most beautiful, beautiful girl among the villages comes dancing and you are wondering now, who is she going to choose? Then comes out, choose, oh, what a feeling. Bansala. That's the feeling that you should have. So, you must now bear fruit. Langamasha. Bear fruit before God. There's a reason why God has chosen you and me here. So we must respond and bear fruit. Demonstrating love entails going to bear fruit. The reason why God has chosen you in verse 8 of... Um, I think 1 John chapter 3, yeah, if I'm not mistaken, in verse 8, what is it saying? Verse 8, um, no, it's actually, no, it's John chapter 15, verse 8, uh, he's saying that, by this my father is glorified, that you bear not just the fruit, but much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. What is this fruit? the values of kingdom life. We must bear that fruit. Evidence of a repentant, repentant life. You must bear that fruit. What is this fruit? Um, you know, replicating ourselves, multiplying ourselves. What is this fruit? Making sure there is growth in the kingdom of God. Either you bring people to Christ or you give into the field where there is harvest, bearing much fruit. Love should be appreciated by a positive response 
through our changed lives. So we must be able to respond to it. So these principles, they cut across the board. It works even for marriage. A brother in Christ comes to approach you. They have an interest, they want to marry you with all sincerity. As you start looking, I mean, you'll be saying that in your heart, of course, you can't ask. Mm-mm. You are asking the wrong question. That's the right question. So when you are interacting among yourselves, ask the right questions. What is your name? Yes. Who is your father? Where do you come from? Tell me how your testimony, how did you become born again? How many people have you led to Christ? Have you laid hands on anyone to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit? No, these things you are chatting. I'm not saying you are asking all these things instantly. No, it's over a period of time. These are questions you ask one another. How many brothers do you have? How many sisters? So you are getting to know each other, asking the right questions. So what did you desire to become in life? They are also asking you the same questions. So you need to ask the right questions. It's very important that you are, so that when they ask you, I would like to marry you. You know what? <laughs> the moment you say no, this person has worked very hard. Very hard. You know it's hard to give a manifesto. <laughs> it's not easy. They have worked very hard. It's very hard. Deflated. Then they have to go back and refresh themselves now. When they refresh themselves, it may not be you they will come back to. My wife had the privilege that I had to hit twice. <laughs> First time, <laughs> it wasn't rejection. Go and ponder. Think about these things. Come and talk to me again. It wasn't a rejection. You have to be strategic. You have to be strategic. So I went back. I pondered and said the same thing again. This time, even with a date, I'll marry you on this day. Because I was resolved. Okay, now, how did I... That's coming at 11 hours. Let me conclude uh, this message. Um, Of course, we will talk plainly. I encourage you. Just come. Just come. We will talk together. We are called to demonstrate sincere love towards one another. In 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 22. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 22. Are you going to give me that? Oh, okay. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit, in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently or deeply with a pure heart. 
Now, if I ask you right now to turn to your neighbor and say that I love you deeply, not the one seated next to you, but behind you. <laughs> I'm talking to the couples. Are you able to say that? I love you deeply. I love you with fervency. <laughs> you know, questions begin to come, what do they think of me? It's because we have not built trust with each other. We don't know each other. All you do is you come and meet at church. You don't meet elsewhere. You don't meet in life groups. You don't meet in couples. You don't talk heart to heart. Because of that, then you misinterpret each other. Are you listening to me? Okay. So that's why we need to build sincerity amongst ourselves. Love originates from hearts that are washed by God's word. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 23. The Bible says, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible. So you have problems dealing with that because maybe there's corruption in your heart. No, born of incorruptible through the word of God which lives and abides forever. So the word of God in you washes you. I will have no problem to tell you I love you deeply. I will have no problem. I have no problem. But in essence, God wants us to migrate into this kind of love with sincerity. True love, the love of God, should permeate all of our relationships. It must go through all our relationships in the church. We must keep the trust of one another. Oftentimes, uh, sometimes I get a very difficult request to intervene in situations where you have allegedly defrauded each other in business. Now, when you are cutting a business contract, you don't come to consult me. But when you now defraud each other, pastor. <laughs> so, Love must also cut through those business relationships. Don't take advantage of one another. And keep your word, keep your promise. When you borrow money, honor the promise to pay what you borrowed. If you fail to pay, go and negotiate. Restructure. Say, can I pay you on this day? If you have no money, can I come and work for you? I listen to me. So we need to engrave all these things in all of our relationships. Let's turn to our feet. I think I have talked enough for today. And I trust that the Spirit of God will move into our hearts. We appreciate the love of God and respond to the love of God. Let's sing that song once again. I've loved you with an everlasting love and I've drawn you with my loving kindness. So that's what God has done towards us. He has loved us with an everlasting love and he has drawn us to himself with his loving kindness. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So we need to respond to the love of God uh, this morning. How do we do that? 
by going to bear not just little fruit, much fruit. Much fruit in every respect. For a minute or so, let's just respond to God in, in, in that song. As we hear him speaking to us that he, allowed, he has loved us, we respond to, to, to that love with a sense of surrender to him. My prize, this message really encouraged you. It is my hope that you look forward to listening to the next message. God bless you.